Hello, this is Nilla Varman and you're listening to The Nilla Extract, the official show where I talk about pressing issues such as body acceptance, mental health, climate change, race and so much more, with some pretty cool music and some pretty cool guests too. Hello lovely person, my name is Nilla Varman and welcome back to The Nilla Extract, but if it's your first time here, then welcome, hello, hi, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you. You're my new favorite person. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I think my brain is working a little bit too fast on my hands at the moment. You know, as usual, things are hectic. I'm trying to do a million and one things all at the same time. Um, But you know what? I I just have to remember to breathe and take breaks and not submit to hustle culture. Uh, (laughs) it is a hard one, it is a hard one, I'm not gonna lie, especially when you want to do so many projects and you're kind of doing it on your own, it's just, just a bit everywhere this week. But to be fair, it ended up being a very, very interesting week. I ended up at a BAFTA uh, Rising Star Q&A kind of thing, and there I was, literally like a stone's throw away from Emma Mackey and Daryl McCormack and freaking Naomi Aki and Sheila Atim, and I was just like, what is going on? And these were like people who I've admired in the acting industry so long, especially Emma Mackey and Naomi Aki. Both sound similar, but different people. Um, for their work, like Naomi's work in The Master of None is some of my favorite on screen ever. Like the way that she put, like portrays a single woman undergoing IVF or a single woman or a woman just in a LGBTQIA relationship. Like it's so beautiful. And um, obviously like, what can I not say about Emma? Like her character in Sex Education is iconic. And it's just as iconic in Emily where she plays Um, the character Emily Bronte, who famously wrote Wuthering Heights, a book I'm actually yet to read. But yeah, that was incredible. And so I had such a wonderful time there and I learned so much from these wonderful, wonderful actors. And so, yeah. Something that wasn't so cool though, is that this week I finally got around to watching the new show. It's called Velma and I'm a massive Scooby-Doo fan. Like, huge Scooby-Doo fan. So when I saw that Velma had been released and, uh, you know, she was brown, I was so excited. It's basically a HBO adult horror comedy reboot um, with Velma voiced by Mindy Kaling. I think the whole show is written by Mindy Kaling. And at face value, it might seem like innocuous, like an innocuous or even distinctly positive change, but scenes from the first two episodes honestly spoke otherwise like as a again like as a huge scooby-doo fan when i heard that velma was going to be voiced by a thumble person i was ecstatic and this is in no way pushing down mindy kaling's work like she's an incredible human being it's just sometimes when she portrays brown characters on tv it's like the same narrative again and again and like once again no one can expect one person to be like the spokesperson for brown people or the, the responsible person to you know depict brown people in the best way possible like it's crazy because there are only two zero point three percent of us on on screen and so that's a problem that we need to look at but anyway diving into the episode one of the main points that some people took issue with including myself um in velma aligns with like a long history of what some people call like 
cherry picking negative stereotypes about South Asians while not properly exploring racial dynamics. You know, the jokes on the show show they're, they're very similar to Mindy Kaling's other characters in the past and it's just a bit exhausting like minutes in the show is littered with quips about Velma's appearance and in an early scene two police people like joke about her hairy gorilla arms and her weight and I think Fred tells her that she's like a fashionably challenged loser um, who they depend on for group projects and that he keeps mistaking her for his housekeeper and the whole episode is just about how she's a loser and like that word is used so many times but the thing is I think we're in a stage and I think we're beyond a point where we have evolved past the era of using our culture as a gag line or a reason for self-deprecation. You know, I'm ready to see Asian women on screen whose characters just don't revolve around their ethnicities. They're just solving mysteries or they're just superheroes or whatever it is. Like a brilliant example of this is I recently watched the show Extraordinary and I really liked it. I didn't know what to expect going in. Like I hadn't seen any of the promo for it. And one of the characters in that is Brown and his name is, um, well in the show his name's Cash, but he's played by the very talented Bilal Husna and it's like he's just a normal guy with like normal issues and i don't want to spoil the show obviously because it's just come out so definitely go watch it really really recommend it but he's just a normal guy with like dating problems or love problems or identity crises and like self-esteem or just regular things and it was just really really refreshing to just see someone problematic because they are problematic for example and not because they are brown or because they have hairy arms or because they like a certain food or whatever it is and so the jokes about the ugly brown girl has gotten really really old as someone who's struggled with body hair acceptance and and more I guess it was just such a backward step to see a character who has such a massive I guess recognition and platform still be used as the butt of a joke I think another line that she says is like if I was hairless I'd literally wear a bikini to school every day like go wear the bikini anyway do you know what I'm saying like I'm sick of the whole brown person equal loser thing I guess it's not easy to create a singular character who represents all South Asians since our experiences can't be homogenized and the show does have some great nuances particularly in making Velma queer which is something that past depictions of her character have assiduously avoided. I mean, come on. I don't know if you've watched Mystery Incorporated, like to all my Scooby-Doo fans out there, hot dog water was not her friend. That's all I'm saying. But no single story needs to be representative of an entire population. And the creators have their right to tell their own messy, authentic stories. But that doesn't necessarily give artists a license to make a flawed, like flawed content infinitely immune to critique. You know, after so much critique, after so many complaints, when we see the same character and the same narrative being put out again and again and again, I really think it's time for change. So yeah, at the same time, I'm ready to see a South Asian character who isn't the butt of an ongoing joke and is desired and proud of her brown skin. And that's why Bridgerton like stuck out to me so much like season two Bridgerton like it was crazy I'd never seen like brown women just being desired because they're being desired do you know what I mean like <laughs> not saying that I need someone to desire me all the time but it was a bit refreshing not to be like oh you're so hairy or whatever it is like it's just a very exhausting exhausting narrative
But going back to award shows and all of that exciting stuff, the Academy Award nominations came out last week. And as you guys know by this point, I don't know why I'm obsessed with the Academy Awards. I will win one, that's for sure. But like, it's deeply problematic. <laughs> and yeah, I still love it. And I still take time off to watch it and stay up late. And since I went to uni, I didn't actually have a TV. Uh, so I used to listen to the live commentary online, which is, which is a lot. I don't know, I've been doing it since I was a little girl. So that's something that's never changed about me. But I was really excited because a lot of the artists who I really wanted to see get that spotlight finally got the spotlight and it was really, really lovely. I mean, there's still a lot of people who were snubbed and movies that were snubbed, but do you know what? It's a small, small change and I'm ready to see more. This is in no way associated with the Academy Awards, by the way. Just wanted to put that out there. Now, it's a bit of a short introduction from me because I want you guys to get stuck into this conversation that I have with the lovely Vicky Passion. She is so, so talented and also super lovely. She is a British R&B soul pop singer. She is honestly so talented. She does so much work for representation of minority communities. And we talk about a lot of different topics ranging from, you know, identity and fitting in or not fitting in and how heritage and identity can be explored at any time how you can start exploring music and different careers at any time and it's a really really lovely down-to-earth conversation so i'm gonna leave you with vicky now she is great and uh yeah i'll see you next week welcome to vanilla extract thank you so much for being here how are you much I'm so great it's so nice to actually see your face and another brown girl I'm so I'm so happy it's crazy (laughs) I mean when when I first came across your music I was just like when you listen to it you can't really put a face to the name I guess as easily and then I saw you and I was just like she's brown like it just made me so happy (laughs) I hear that thank you yeah I know we need to see more brown artists you know a lot more on these platforms and um, how are you how how are things going today for you you just said you woke up so I'm so great um this year so far I know it's only like what 24th of Jan 24th of Jan um but I feel like this year already um a lot of great news has been kind of coming into my world and yeah I'm just so grateful for it all I'm trying to just like let go of expectation and let go of um you know trying to control everything and yeah. that puts me in such a state of like oh anxiety for sure <laughs> um but I've got such great people around me and yeah I'm really excited I'm really excited for this year I'm so grateful to you know I've been away from London now for about six months which is mm-hmm. mad um and yeah it's been a great experience to be traveling to be writing to be connecting with so many different people um to be like getting out of my head um and just being creative it's been yeah it's been great yeah that sounds amazing and I totally get you like it's only been 24 days but I mean firstly I thought January was meant to feel like the longest month ever but for one of the first times in my life it's going so quickly and I don't know if that's a good thing but it's just it can feel quite overwhelming especially when you want to do so many things in the year and you just don't know how to how to start so I totally relate to that anxiety I think that's that's just me every day well for, 
<laughs> for those who don't know tell us about your journey into this music industry so far oh my gosh I want to know everything <laughs> <laughs> um okay well I started singing so young um I don't know if you know any Filipino I feel like everyone has a karaoke machine everyone will whack out like a full-on oh, yeah. ballad my, my... honestly I'm like I, I hate being stereotypical but like it's <laughs> it's <laughs> so true so I feel like that's definitely in my DNA um my mum just like blasted out like big divas growing up you know Celine Dion Whitney Houston Mariah Perry, um Tony Braxton Diana Ross uh that's very much like in my home and I feel like you know as I'm like growing looking back I feel like that was me learning how to express myself I feel like these like big emotional ballads um that was a way that I just learned how to be emotional um and I saw that you know she took me to like Filipino community um get togethers in London and we used to like go around and perform everywhere um at, like yeah. yeah it was just so like a way for my mom to even find community because she immigrated from uh the Philippines um and I didn't grow up with my dad so I think that was just her way of like tapping into some sort of support system mm-hmm. and through that um you know I was quite a shy kid um I went into foster care for a little bit um when my sister was born because my mum couldn't look after both of us at the same time because my mom my sister was quite sick mm-hmm. um so I think me just being really kind of recluse into myself and trying to make sense of the world I was quite quiet but singing was always a way for me to um yeah just get emotional and not feel um I don't know like I needed to hide anything so it's almost like the stage and singing gave me permission to to open up and and even like getting into musical theatre I went to a theatre school I got a scholarship there um and I playing different characters I was able to kind of escape into a different world and you know theatre kids are like typical glee that's what it felt like oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was all that jazz hands I'm a glee Um, gal too yeah (laughs) um it was great and I got so many opportunities you know to be on the west end um and you know I have Asian parents so I ended up going to uni and I think I lost myself for a little bit Mm um we understand the importance of education for sure ended up becoming a teacher Mm. um and and, um head of drama at a secondary boys school which was crazy honestly like the most challenging experience of my life it was amazing on one hand um and also just like you know teachers don't get enough uh I get I guess like value in in the world and I feel like um I just lost myself I just was like trying to inspire young people to go chase their dreams go do whatever you want like Mm -hmm. you can definitely like you know if you put hard work into it then I, you can get there um and I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was just like no Vicky like you're not even like you know you're an imposter right now you're not oh. even doing what you said yeah that you you'd want to be doing so I left after two years and trained really hard and got back onto the West End um on a Michael Jackson show um and that was honestly like amazing Wait, was for the first thrill alive this is through alive I yeah. want to go see that maybe you were in it oh and I just God. didn't even know oh that's crazy yeah, yeah. wow um, 
Yeah, that was, it was amazing. I felt like it was the first time you could directly kind of break the fourth wall, that kind of invisible, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wall me in the audience and it was like it felt like a concert and I was like this is amazing I loved it I loved it so much and you know my life changed like if you can imagine I kind of left the kind of theatre world um for about five years a good five years um and was back on stage in like six months and uh, so many opportunities were coming my way and I was like okay inspired to write and I, yeah, you could say I started my journey in music quite later in life because people mm-hmm. in music normally start like quite young. Um, and yeah, it's been kind of a slow burner, I'd say, since then. Um, really just understanding like, okay, in order to get exposure, how do I even like do that? And uh, me just trying to fit in into the different kind of circles um, within the London scene. Yeah. Um, my background in music is very kind of classically trained uh, but R&B is definitely kind of in my blood and just like learning to navigate that um, has been an incredible journey I kind of like went from just pubs and clubs and kind of people not really understanding what the hell I was doing because if you can imagine I was playing to like thousands of people and now I'm just like yeah come see me at the pub next door <laughs> and then my mum was just like going through hell I can I can only imagine what she was going through um but yeah it was a, it was a slow kind of build me just like understanding the sense of intimacy uh, mm-hmm. in those kind of and learning to be more vulnerable it's like literally I always say it's like me writing my journal and then I get music and I'm like yeah this is me come if you vibe with me you know (laughs) I love that I mean I love also the fact that you know you did start music a bit later in life I think a lot of people just think that you have to you know you're born and you already have a record deal by the time you're three like it's not always the case you know people can fall in love with different parts of the industry at any time and I think that's so important like even I used to put a lot of pressure on myself being like I'm not doing what I want to do and I'm I'm already too old I've just turned 22 that's too late my career is over and I find that so weird like I, I just graduated yesterday like I have a long way to go and mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world so I love that I mean do you think this is a weird question but do you think like when you sing you're a different version of yourself to like how you are when you're not singing do you feel like mm-hmm. that's so interesting are you are you like the same I feel like, yeah I don't think it's a different person mm. I'm learning almost like giving myself permission to be my fullest like mm-hmm. expression of because I think when you sing it's like poetry right when you're writing your own lyrics it's like literally from your heart I'm an English uh, graduate uh, so you can <laughs> tell with that um, and I feel like it's almost giving myself permission to be yeah, my fullest expression I feel like I come across perhaps more confident for sure mm-hmm. I come across more um, you know in control of my life and very kind of exposed and powerful and I feel empowered and I feel um, like almost like on a higher frequency um that's definitely like who I embody when I sing um and I guess if you just catch me on the road or chilling at home like you just be like yeah like how is this (laughs) the same person (laughs) no I was only curious because I have a friend who um like she was like my lab partner for three years let's say like at uni um I didn't really like know that she I knew that she sang but I didn't know what and then 
one day we were at a house party and people were just like sing 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 and she started singing like I don't know what you'd call it but you know rock music where they're like screaming oh wow and she's like this tiny person okay <laughs> she's so quiet and I was just like oh, who is this I literally went up to her and I was like actually who are you like who have I been sitting next to for the past three years and I like the voice it came out of nowhere she was just like ah and I was just like ah. <laughs> so, I was just I was just curious um also massive congratulations you have now like landed a partnership with Estee Lauder oh no and <laughs> that's crazy you're like also if I'm not wrong in a partnership with Hillary Clinton's Vital Voices yeah this is awesome tell me about that how do you it... feel honestly I think that's part of my new year kind of feeling a little bit overwhelmed and like all this great news coming my way um I feel honored honestly I feel like I said, my kind of journey in the music industry hasn't been, you could say, like conventional. And in order to get my story out, in order to even create safer spaces for me in different studios, and mm -hmm. when I create my visuals, it's very much female-centered. I love kind of having women behind the lens um, and even on my team, just feel more comfortable, you know? Um, and even just like recognizing that in most spaces in the industry, it's very kind of male dominated. And I'm very much someone who is quite an empath. So I'll kind of lean and let my energy kind of be influenced by the people around me. So in order to kind of protect myself and even to just like feel supported, feel encouraged and to have that right energy, to see myself reflected back at me with the people around me, I very naturally started building teams. Um, and giving opportunities to people who perhaps didn't have access to the creative industry and very organically just started building like a production company um, gifted by nature um, and then slowly slowly we needed a platform to uh, tell our stories because I was like okay well I've created a music video I'm not yet you know uh, could be considered a breakthrough artist but I feel like I'm doing yeah. really well <laughs> and I need to get myself like out then so I mean you are yeah, right. <laughs> thank you but right at the beginning this is now like five years ago mm -hmm. um and we started uh gifted by nature the gifted journal mm -hmm. and that was the way to just kind of showcase um our stories and very slowly I was like I know so many interesting people I'm meeting great people along the way women people of color people from the um queer community I feel like our stories aren't being told and if they are they're being misrepresented yeah um and if they are they're perhaps not even told through our own eyes and through our own voices um so I was like okay great let me set this up like this is something that I'm doing very naturally let's do that and it's just grown and um yeah it's just been kind of highlighted as one of uh 60 trailblazing women by Esther Lauder they've just set up a fund for emerging leaders <laughs> come on that's amazing you are our trail you are a trailblazing women a woman, oh, woman. Thank yeah thank no that's uh, amazing massive congratulations yeah. you deserve everything like the work you're doing is amazing first of all secondly mm -hmm. you know we are in an industry again and people of color are not amplified enough like marginalized mm -hmm. communities and people who do the work 
are mm-hmm. so overlooked a lot of the time and I think the work mm-hmm. that you're doing to kind of give people the space to express that it's it's incredible so you know thank you for everything that you do <laughs> it's amazing oh. <laughs> I mean you were talking about representation as well I don't know about you but you know when I was in school here in the UK like I always really struggled between kind of fitting into that British side of things or my very South Indian upbringing Do, have mm. you ever like did you ever feel that way kind of on that tightrope of you know not knowing where exactly you fit in 100 100 percent um firstly I didn't grow up with my Sri Lankan side because I didn't have my dad around. So that was almost like even up until my late 20s, did I begin to like, okay, I need to really address this kind of fragmented (laughs) sense of self. And um, yeah, it wasn't until my late 20s that I kind of, okay, let me just be in contact with my dad. Let me travel to Sri Lanka um, Mm. by myself, like not really gender yeah to um see that side of the family but more to just even like immerse myself in the culture and immerse myself um in the place and be like okay I can have an experience of Sri Lanka and this heritage and this culture and the music and the food um that's totally separate from my dad um and that really helped me to just ground myself a bit more and understand like I don't have to repress or neglect that part of my identity especially when like if you meet me firsthand, I perhaps don't come across as Filipino because of my kind of darker skin, skin tone. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a struggle growing up because I very much identified with my Filipino side. Mm-hmm. But then go to the Philippines, perhaps, you know, colorism comes into play. Absolutely. Um, my sister's lighter than me, all my family are lighter than me, and me feeling really out of place there. Mm-hmm. Um but then being at a theatre school and going for auditions and being typecasted as perhaps like just South Asian, you know, it's like, mm. of course, there's so a range of um, uh, different cultures and countries like Lelan cultures in um, South Asia. And, and just yeah. like, yeah, you could be like um, Indian, you could be Hawaiian, you could be this, 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 um, yeah. even like having any like clue as to like what, uh yeah I was just so confused I think I was confused like people projecting onto me who I should be or who I should show up as yeah um and yeah that was very confusing and you know just sharing a bit about me going into foster care and then perhaps having white um kind of foster parents and going into school and just feeling a little bit like I have no idea where I belong right now yeah I have no idea you know I I felt very fragmented so Mm -hmm. I think now and music helps me to just feel more whole because I'm able to just express um, who I am with people. I think, you know, when you see people at concerts and you just see a wide range of people attracted to different music, you're like, oh, I get it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, people are also just drawn to something that uh, we can relate to with like regardless of colour, regardless of race, regardless of sexuality or whatever. Yeah, I love the way that you've put that. I think I, I completely agree. And like something I find very weird is that sometimes people don't even know that there's other countries in South Asia. Like they just think it's India sometimes or they just think right. it's like Sri Lanka. But there's also like Afghanistan and like <laughs> Bangladesh and like there's so many other places. Um, mm-hmm. But the second that they see a brown person, they're just like, you're Indian. And I'm just like, maybe I'm not. Maybe <laughs> 
exactly you know it's, it's crazy do you think you know now that you're kind of exploring your heritage more do you think it kind of seeps into your music a bit do you, mm. do you integrate it or yeah for sure I think for me it's a confidence thing to just show up and even accept um this acceptance and this kind of uh see myself reflected back and really um claiming it and being like no I am a brown woman I'm a mixed brown woman mm -hmm. um I'm you know I'm Sri Lankan um and really understanding like okay honestly the first step is acceptance and um yeah one of my tracks from my first EP Valley of the Ashes can't go back I definitely explored um sounds from my heritage um and I think more and more so, I think I want it to keep happening naturally and keep, um, as I collaborate with different producers and kind of musicians, um, there's like such a thriving, I, I'd say like South Asian community in London, like so like Dialed In, Absolutely, we've got that, yeah. um, Pia Raghu um, oh. coming as well, she's sick. <laughs> yeah, Ravina in, in the yeah. States. Um, Joy Crooks um, yeah there's such a thriving scene now and I think it's like our time so for sure yeah. it's about collaboration for me and even just being like hearing their stories hearing their influence and being like right I'm gonna uh, hop on that and offer what I can I love it and I can't wait to see where you go next but for now I think it's a good time <laughs> to take a break now I asked you before we started if you had a song that you'd like to play and it can be anything no pressure it's just the okay. only song that we'll play in the next <laughs> half an hour. Um, but do you have one that you'd like to play? Yeah. Um, thank you, by the way. Uh, let's play You and Me. It's from my latest Mobo-supported EP, Soul Star. Um, it's definitely one of these bigger ballads. Um, it's a little bit more, I'd say, sensual. I'm definitely mm. up there with vocals. Um, so, yeah, hope you love it. I love that. We'll see you after the break. Lost in the
Vicky and we were just talking about loads of interesting things and so if you didn't catch it <laughs> rewind and listen to it and uh, we also just <laughs> heard a, a wonderful track I hope you enjoyed that too now just before the break we were also talking about heritage and you know kind of finding your place and letting things come naturally you know growing up I think in the UK like I watched quite a bit of TV <laughs> and uh, <laughs> although I watched quite a bit of TV I didn't really see anyone who looked like me and that is one of the reasons I started the show and one of the reasons why I love talking to so many creatives of color because you know I grew up with I don't know why people thought that our spokesperson would be like Apu from The Simpsons and Ravi from Jesse and I don't know Balji from Phineas and Ferb. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best uh, representation. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that we are making progress, or do you think it's not enough, or do you think we've made giant strides to where we were probably like ten years ago? One hundred percent. Like growing up, all the people that I looked up to in terms of like role models, or even trying to seek out mentors were all kind of women who were black I guess black mixed race um but very rarely would I say kind of from the South Asian community and even kind of the Filipino um community and even mm -hmm. now as I'm saying, um especially as kind of like as a leader as someone who is very much an activist um I'm struggling I'm struggling to even like uh, if I'm going to be honest like okay I've never seen my you know I've come from a household where my mum didn't have like a university education mm -hmm. um, our conversations weren't sitting around the table and talking about politics and talking about the state of the world and climate change and things like that so I think I'm very much feeling like whoa um, this is a space where I'm like the first um generation in my family to be able to have that platform and privilege to be able to really? be engaged yeah. in conversations and mm -hmm. to be able to um make a change it feels overwhelming um sometimes but I'm also like really encouraged and hopeful and grateful and can see like actually you know especially in the media and entertainment industry I'd say um there are many uh South Asian um brown, people of color brown people who are rising up and even women who mm -hmm. are taking protagonist roles like look at Bridgerton I'd yeah, say absolutely. Um, and not only kind of lighter skinned uh brown people but also dark 
skinned um and all the ranges in between i think social media you know you can have your own platform and, and build your own community around that um um whatever you want to talk about um i think it's it's a great time to go, as always um but that's i think the fun of it and the uh opportunity there to kind of like now that we've got like you like you're freaking like doing it out here and you're creating that platform for people like me mm. um so I think it's cool I think it's a great a great time to be and I'm feeling hopeful yeah <laughs> yeah I mean again like I can't wait to see where you go next and I'm really really excited for your song that's releasing in March um it is called Body Takeover what is the song about like tell us everything about it sounds cool <laughs> what is it what is it about um, what inspired I, it honestly i'm in <laughs> i'm in a time of my life where i'm like look i've been so serious and so um focused and so driven for um most of my life um I feel like I have that definitely like in my blood like that immigrant mentality of like go keep going hustle put oh, your head yeah. down hustle culture mm-hmm. yeah and I'm ready to have more fun honestly I'm ready to just keep letting go keep um you know you can be both sides of all sides even as, as a woman I'm really tapping into kind of my d- divine femininity opening up to um yeah getting out of my head and into my body like lots of trauma is stored in our body over time okay. um using movement dance um meditation yoga to really just um yeah learn to ease through that process that um and it not being such a like intense experience but more of a like look, let's just have fun come on I love <laughs> that's what that. it's about I can't wait I can't wait to hear it I feel like it's right on my street like I, I get you I think it is so easy to be sucked into like hustle culture and just move 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 and sometimes you just need to let loose a little bit and let your body take over I get it now oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> you got it girl. you got it <laughs> yeah well before I let you go, we have a very quick, quick fire round. Quick fire round. Um, and uh, as I was talking to you about earlier, obviously this show is called Vanilla Extract. And so we've got two flavorful questions and just one normal one. <laughs> um, no pressure, take your time. But if there was a flavor or an extract of a thing, let's say, that summarized you as a person when you were younger, which one would it be? Oh, okay. I'd say salted caramel. Ooh, that's a good flavor. Yeah, I love it. It Very like warm, easy. Yeah, it is so good. So good. I'm literally like, I want ice cream right now. (laughs) (laughs) I had a salted caramel cheesecake like a few weeks ago. Ooh, Mm -hmm. I'm such a like you? in terms of desserts yeah I'm there yeah. I'm there yeah I would rather like if we go out or something I'm like yeah should we go get dessert as opposed to like should we go sit down for a meal I'm like that <laughs> yeah I'm kind of like that too it's also just like I'd rather get the dessert because there's just so much variety I'm just gonna sit and talk mm-hmm. here about desserts for the next hour I think um <laughs> but the next question is if there was a flavor or an extract that summarized you as a person as you are now 
which Ooh. one would it be? Is it different? Is it the same? Is it a mix? Oh, I think I'd say mint choc chip. Ooh, mm. interesting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I say mint. I think I'm. Uh, I think especially right now, I'm just trying to like break out of my shell. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like yeah mint chocolate chip is like it's interesting it's refreshing you still got that chocolate in there it's got a little edge I think I'm definitely trying to uh lean into leadership more um so yeah mint chocolate chip I love that and uh, the last (laughs) the last quick fire question is what is one thing that you were asked about more I was asked about more like what's one thing that you wish you were asked about more oh Honestly, this conversation has been so refreshing. I would rarely be asked anything about my upbringing, my heritage, um, how my music's been influenced by my heritage, even kind of my experiences growing up as a brown person. So more of these questions, please. I think (laughs) it's important. It's so important to even just be seen and heard. And I wish I had this kind of like open conversations to tap into when I was growing up because then I did I think I wouldn't feel so alone mm-hmm. so more of this please more of Nilla oh <laughs> well I, I'm really glad I mean as you were just saying like these conversations are so pivotal and there are so many people who like me like you just think that there's no one out there doing what we'd want to do and just because we can't see it it's something that people like us can't necessarily achieve if that makes sense like I think for a long time like there was a point in time where I thought I was going to be a window cleaner very random um Mm. but then there was also another point in time where I was just like oh okay so everyone on tv is either a doctor or they're a taxi driver both very very important professions but I thought that Mm. that's kind of all that we were destined to be which is (laughs) something I thought when I was like three or four let's say but it's also a very impressionable age to I guess form that opinion Um, And so having conversations with people like you who are putting in the work and going into more leadership pathways and also making music and also creating a platform is so important to let people know that, you know, just keep working and there are people out there who will listen to you and give you the space and also just take a step back and amplify your voice instead. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm just really, I'm just really grateful to be having this conversation with you. (laughs) Thanks girl. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and um, come again. (laughs) Come again. I think next time we should just be sitting here eating mint chocolate chip things and salt caramel things. That's I'm I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Vanilla Extract. You can find this episode anytime you want on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all your major podcast streaming websites. You can find these in the link in my Instagram bio at Vanilla Extract. And you can just Google them too if you wanted to. A massive thank you to our wonderful guest who came onto the show today. I hope you learned something because I certainly did. And thank you to Robert Nettleton who thought of the name of the show today.